Welcome to Whom, an Australian podcast focused on bringing creative names to light. At Whom, we ask the real questions. That would inform what question you would ask everyone, right? I was just thinking, like, do you like cheese? (laughs) We also make sure we touch on the real issues. Get away with anything if you've got enough money, enough rock. Yeah, what's currency to them? How many hairs you got in your mane? More hairs in my mane. (laughs) But one thing's for sure. Our guests promise to open up and tell you stories all about themselves that will send you on an emotional roller coaster. From engineering to Star Trek conventions to performing in one of the biggest musicals coming soon to Melbourne, Australia, our guest tonight is none other than Asabi Goodman. Without further ado, here's your hosts, Ben and Ben. So please welcome Asabi, how you going? Hey, thanks guys. I I will say the Star Trek conventions came first. So (laughs) Oh, before the engineering. Yeah, way before engineering. I did that as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, We had a huge so I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we used to have a huge Star Trek convention there every year and my sister and I would go. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how how old were you when you first realized I like Star Trek? Oh, probably six. Six. Yeah, so I started watching the original series. I watched the original series cartoon. Ooh. I'm that nerdy. Star Trek and has a cartoon? Oh, my God. You Way. don't know this? Yes, they have a cartoon. <laughs> the original series cartoon. <laughs> oh, my God. It was on Nickelodeon. I watched it every weekend. And then when I was 12, that's when The Next Generation came out. And, of course, I watched all the movies before that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've just been a Trekkie ever since. I was in love with Wesley Crusher. And I got to meet Will Wheaton as an adult. He was very oh, lovely. Yes, he let me give him a hug. It was great. <laughs> I like how people like that are still going to, like, they show up in places, like Big Bang Theory, for example. Mm, like, yes. I love that. What did you think when Stargate came out? Were you like, what is this oh, spinoff? Look, I, I was at uni when the movie came out, and we were really excited for it. That's how old I am. We were really excited for it, and we went and, we, and I saw it for free because... <laughs> I went to, you know, Hollywood's uni. So I went to USC, which has the biggest film school on the West Coast. So we got to watch it for free, and it was pretty awesome. We were like, oh, my God, Stargate, this is amazing. Oh. So I, I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I did. And look, I like Star Wars. I think Star Wars is cool as well. I'm not a huge Star Wars Whoa. fan. But, okay. you know, okay. my sister's more Star Wars. I'm more Star Trek. So, you know, we support each other. Yeah, anything yeah. with a star in it. Yeah, that's right. Anything sci-fi kind of crazy, you know. What do you yeah. think what do you think of the Orville then? I love Orville. You love Orville. I Orville? love it. It's kind of like a frat boy version of Star Trek. <laughs> like Seth MacFarlane is so like he's, he's so just, everything he does. Like yes, is oh. I love it when he sings. I, oh, what? He's oh, I actually haven't. I mean, I've heard him sing in in the shows, but I haven't heard him, oh, you know. Oh yeah, I, he did a rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah, right. I don't right. remember who he sang it with, but oh my, he's just He's got a beautiful voice. I love his voice. Yeah, right. So, um, I guess one of our questions we've got here, I guess, is when did you decide you wanted to move from engineering to performing? Oh, gosh. Uh, So, I've been performing since I was a child. So, it's something that I've always done. But, of course, you know, you're sort of advised to have a practical job. And I was always good at math and science. And my dad is an engineer, retired engineer. So it was just kind of the logical step to take. So I went into engineering. And 
luckily I had parents who were very supportive and they always said, look, if you want to be a performer, go be a performer. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to be an engineer. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then technically in 2015, I was on the set of Pirates of the Caribbean down in the Gold Coast. And I was like, this is it. I'm leaving engineering. I'm going to be a performer full time. I'm going to do it. And I left my engineering job. And within two days, I got a phone call from another company saying, so we understand uh, you just left your job and we'd like to hire you. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And I hung up the phone. Then a week later, just come by and chat with us and just meet us and, you know, like, just, just talk to us. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll come by. I'll have a chat. And they were like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I was like, on television. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I want to do. I don't want to do this. Well, I mean, could you just help us out with a project? Three months. That's it. Just three months. So I said yes. That's how they get you. Right? And went back in and they were like, oh, just kidding. We're hiring you full time. Hey, check it out. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, but you can leave whenever you want. You can leave whenever you want. Okay. Three and a half years later, I was still there. So oh, this no. three-month project just kind of blew up. And then at some point, I just kind of said, you know, there's so many people who want to be engineers, and I'm not one of them. I would much rather somebody who wants this job to have this job. And so I went into my boss, and I just said, look, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm leaving. And he was like, oh. Are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm very sure. And that was in 2019, and I left. They gave me a nice little send-off, some really cute trinkets and stuff, and we had beers and wine, and a couple of my coworkers took me out drinking, and I think we drank till midnight or something. It was insane. Must have been a very good engineer. Ah, uh, <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> I could make things work. <laughs> I could build stuff. I could design things. You know, and, and I enjoyed it. I, I added a certain level of creativity. I was a design engineer. So mm. there's a, a level of creativity that you need to do that work. So it's largely problem solving. But then, you know, I would build uh, water treatment facilities and wastewater treatment facilities and chemical dosing facilities. I designed a building once, you know, it, like just crazy stuff that I got to do in yeah. my engineering career. Um, I got to travel around California, so I started in California and then came to Australia. And, like, I would design, you know, contact tracing programs for water storage tanks for municipalities and stuff. And it was just, I just got to do some really yeah. crazy, fun stuff. You know, I once turned my hands pink using this dye. <laughs> I, and I was like, but I was wearing gloves. And, you know, and the gloves, I guess, were faulty. And so I had, like, pink splotches all over my hands. It was pretty funny. But, you know, so just yeah, right. good stuff. I had a good engineering career. <laughs> so anytime you're on the set, you're sort of uh, looking at things with the engineering mindset? I try not to. <laughs> try not to. <laughs> I, I I'm, like, I'm like, ah, zen it out, zen it out, zone out, just be an actor. Just be an actor. I'm not getting paid for ah. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm not getting paid to tell them how to build anything. Just, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. so tell us a little bit about um, uh, why, you decided, why you decided to come along to Australia. Oh, okay. That's a fun story. Um, I was bored. <laughs> and I, I also, I knew that, you know, I wanted to climb the corporate ladder at that time. And I knew that there were two ways to do it. You either go back to school and you get an MBA. And I was like, eh, I don't want to go back to school. Or you go and you work overseas for a few years. So I was like, all right, where can I go? So I looked at the UK. I even looked at Canada. And I was like, oh, that's not far enough, you know, you got to get like out of North America. I looked at uh, Guyana, 
because yeah. they speak English down there, and I didn't want to have to learn another language. Like, I can speak Japanese relatively well, but I was like, yeah. and it's too hard to do it technically, so I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. So I looked at English-speaking countries, and I, you know, so I had my site set on a particular area in the UK, and then Australia, and I was like, ooh, that would be interesting. I've never been to Australia. I've never even thought about going to Australia. That would be kind of cool. And then, so it was just kind of a race to see who gave me an offer first. And Australia won. Yeah, right. So they came in, the, like the company came in. They were like, yes, we'll hire you. We'll pay for everything. We'll bring you over. And I was like, cool. I don't have to pay for anything. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to go. Let's do this. And I was only going to stay for two years. That was it. I was like, that's all I need. Two years and I can go back, climb the corporate ladder. It'll be awesome. And then I just... Fell in love with the country. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, maybe I'll stay another year. Maybe I'll stay another. Maybe, maybe I'll start singing again. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start <laughs> acting and doing some more stuff. And and then I went and I got an advanced diploma in stage and screen acting, and the rest is history. And now you're never leaving. Yeah, now I'm I'm pretty much stuck here. I think. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a bit of a theme going on here. You yeah. Know, yeah. You get a sabi in the door, and she sticks around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's like, ah, oh, you can leave when you want, but we got you now. Yeah, three more months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just three months. That's it. Just trust us. Yeah. Sign the contract. Shut up. Sign it. Now, um, I want to touch base because I was going to bring this up, but you brought it up earlier. So you went down to Sydney and you worked on Pirates. I was in Gold Coast. That was on the Gold Gold Coast. Coast. Right. So Mm. was that, I guess, one of your first big extra roles? No. My first big one was with San Andreas. Oh, yes, with The Rock. Yes, with The Rock. rock. Yeah, he winked at me and I was like lost all. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I played a looter. In a mall scene that was set in Bakersfield, California, yeah, and that's where I had moved from. <laughs> which oh, so it's well. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they drive. There was only like ten of us, ten or fifteen of us on, on for that set, and then they like digitally recreated us, right? Yeah. So we drive up, and there's this giant sign that says Bakersfield Mall, and I'm like, "There's no Bakersfield Mall. What is this?" <laughs> And so I was talking with one of the set designers, and they're like, does it look like Bakersfield? And I was like, well, I mean, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty and downtrodden. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Bakersfield's not like that. But it was just funny that that's where it was set. And, of course, we were looting. So Bakersfield has a bit of a bad reputation for drugs and that sort of thing. It's I mean, okay th- th- that would have been while the world was folding in on itself, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, so exactly. Of course you're going to lose. So, like, well, yeah, big giant screen TV. Yeah. When the, the world's about to fall apart, <laughs> I'm going to get a big screen TV. I had to loot a big-ass teddy bear. And I was like, why? Who's going to run with this? You know, but they were like, no, no, take this. And this thing was massive. And I just had to run back and forth across the parking lot carrying this teddy bear. And I was like, why? Did you, <laughs> like, did you get to keep the bear? I did. Oh my god! I got yes. to keep the bear. They <laughs> let me keep the bear. I don't have it anymore Aww. because I mean, it's yeah. huge. It was like the size of this table. It's huge, so I ended up getting rid of it. But it was cool to have it while yeah. I had it. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Now I, I guess um, so. That was San Andreas. That was San Andreas. And sorry, yeah. where was that filmed? That so was filmed on the Gold Coast as well. As well. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it was filmed. There were some scenes filmed in Brisbane. Yeah. But the scene that I did was filmed on the Gold Coast at some mall. And, you know, we got to crash a helicopter into the mall and yeah. see what fake glass looks like. It's basically, like, rubber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was yeah, really yeah. cool, but it was, it was awesome. And at one point, you know, they so 
they would call background action first, you know, to get us ready. You know, and so they were like, quiet on set, you know, rolling. And then, of course, there's always some chatter that the director has to do before he actually calls action. And so I'm like, ready, and I'm in position, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to loot the store, I'm going to run, yeah, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he not calling background action? What's going on? What's going on? What's happening? My subtext is changing. So I turn around and I look and I just see The Rock standing there. He's like looking at me, <laughs> smiling, he's like winking, and I was like, no, I'm going to break my concentration. So I had to like turn around and I'm like, okay, and then they're like, background action. I'm like, fuck, and I like ran, yeah. It was crazy, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. We got fed really well yeah. because there were so few of us. Like they fed a steak almost every day. Like Did you get you get your selfie with The Rock? No, I didn't get to meet him, Aww. unfortunately. That was, yeah, that was... You always wonder when it's like you're on set helping out. Like, mm. do you get to meet the stars, or are they just off well, busy? Well, the rule of thumb is that you're not to approach them. Yeah, you know, um, so let them approach you because they are working. You yeah. know, and so usually by the time they're on set, it's time to film. Yeah. So they're they have the um, what do you call them? The stunt, the doubles that come in, and they're the ones that are doing all the setup for lighting and camera and that sort of thing. And then when they're ready to film, that's when the actual actors come in. So sort of to not waste their time. Yeah, right. yeah, so. gotcha. Um, so a bit controversial, but um, being coming from an African-American background, you know, we have to talk about this, um, and growing up in a predominantly white industry, what, if any, challenges have you faced from that? Oh, gosh. Well, every industry that I've ever worked in has been very white-dominated, so even engineering. And um, when I graduated from... Well, even at uni, I, I would say my uni was probably a bit more diverse. There were five women in chemical engineering <laughs> out of 20 people, so it was small. But five of us were women, and maybe four, three of us, four of us were women of color. So one woman was Asian, I think three of us were black, and the other woman was Hispanic. Yeah, so we I were all women of color coming out. Um, Growing up, so I grew up in Oklahoma, which is predominantly white as well, but I grew up in a very white settings, and luckily I had parents that were just kind of like, you can do whatever you want. Don't worry about what people think or what people say. Just do whatever you want. So I probably have walked through life feeling quite privileged and maybe a little arrogant. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is possible. So I've never really allowed color or race to bother me yeah. I've been aware of it definitely because you know people say things but then I don't allow it to affect me so but I mean I've been you know like when I, I worked for Texaco for a number of years when I first graduated from uni I was a field engineer out in California and uh, there would be people that would come in you know and say things like oh we know the only reason you're here is to fill a quota <laughs> and I'm like yeah, they need some fucking good engineers, don't they? <laughs> you know? Like, uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like that, that's a pretty good quota to fill, isn't it? You know, so I, w I was able to change things around. And because I was open and comedic about things, you know, like I was a weird engineer because I was outgoing and I'm a people person. And they're like, oh, you're scary. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Ah. You know, so it was ne it never bothered me. And I have had incidents, like I think the first time I worked in this little tiny town, it's kind of like what we'd call a hick town, and I was working late one night and my boss stayed back as well, and I was like, why are you still here? And he was like, look out in the parking lot. And I was like, yeah, and he's like, do you see that truck? And I was like, yeah, and he's like, they're here for you. And I was like, huh? 
I didn't understand what that, but, you know, there was racism in that town, and, you know, people, they heard that there was a black person here, and they were going to come out and get me. And I was like, that's so weird. That what? is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe people <laughs> still do that. You know, I was very naive, you know, but I just, I was like, oh, okay. And so he walked me to my car and followed me all the way back to town to make sure that I got home okay. Wow. And I was like, Jesus. And this was in the late 90s, you know. Yeah, so like, yeah. Far out. I don't think much has changed. I don't think so, yeah, actually. No. I mean, it's it's probably better in some places, but there's always that small element of racism that's sort of hanging out there. But I've never allowed it to affect me in a negative way. You know, I've yeah, just kind yeah, of yeah. uh, lived my life and I've continued. And I've had friends who've been attacked. I had a friend, um, he's LGBTQ, and he was beaten in Bakersfield. Like, I mean, pretty badly. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and I had a friend who... Another black, actually, he wasn't a friend. He was an acquaintance, but another black engineer. So there weren't many black engineers in this town. There might have been three yeah. that I knew of or four. So very small number. And he was being shown, because he was brand new to town, and so a couple of engineers were taking him out for drinks, and they got jumped. And these guys were smart enough to put him into a taxi and be like, get out of here. And then they fought off the rest of the yeah, wow. people. Right. You know? Like, I think one sustained a broken jaw, but the other guy, like, I don't know. It was just insane. And this is, this is like, early 2000s, late 90s when this stuff is going on. So things have happened. I've seen things. Um, I'm not naive to it as much anymore because yeah. of that. And I also know that, you know, especially in our industry, in this industry, it's one of the few industries where you can't, like, what you look like matters, yeah. you know? So... There, there aren't a lot of roles for people of color, at least not in Australia. It's, it's improving in the U.S. So, you know, like, I, I always joke that I typically play mamas, slaves, and maids. That's typically what I get cast as. And, you know, I was just recently in the Elvis picture. As I a singer, maid, I believe. Yes, and I played the maid. <laughs> like, I didn't even get to <laughs> sing. And, you know, and I talked to the music guys, and they're like, oh, we think you're great, you're fantastic. You don't look like anyone. I'm like, what? What? That's just dumb. Put a prosthetic nose on me or something, whatever. I also have really good teeth. I think that's, you know, I just, I saw the film. I went to the cast and crew screening. And the, uh, well, one of the roles that I got auditioned for a lot was Mahalia Jackson. And I was looking, I was like, oh, yeah, her teeth are pretty messed up. I wouldn't have been able to play that role. <laughs> and then the other <laughs> role was, um, well, there was Big Mama Thornton and there was um, Sister Rosetta Tharp. All have fucked up teeth. So, <laughs> yeah, my and teeth then, are too pretty. And then Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, you played a maid as well. Yes, that's right. Well, yeah, we they called us <laughs> maids. We're like, bitch, we know we're slaves. It's fine. <laughs> and also in that film, the, one of the – so they, they came around because we were, you know, like lower class. They were blackening out our teeth. And I said, no, you can't do that because I've got a crown, right? And, yeah. and it's really white. It stands out. And at one point, we were filming something, and, and someone came up to me, and they were like, your teeth are so white you shouldn't that be in we this. can <laughs> see them all the way back here. We need to do something. And I was like, well, you just can't blacken this one. And they were like, oh. So they just put a little bit of blackening on it. But they were like, your teeth are whiter than the redcoats, who were like the wealthy soldiers or yeah. whatever. you know. And I yeah. was like, I can't help that I have really good teeth. <laughs> Tough, you know, but so I think sometimes I think I'm a little too pretty 
And I, I'm happy with that, and that's the story that I'm going with. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, being on set, who, who apart from Will Wheaton, of course, is the biggest name that you would happily talk openly about meeting? Oh, God, I got to meet Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, he came right up to me and introduced himself. We shook hands. He was very lovely. We have a mutual friend back in Hollywood. So a couple of days later, he came over and took a selfie with me so he could send it to his wife. <laughs> and my mate messaged me and was like, oh, so I heard you met Tom. I saw the selfie. I haven't even seen the selfie. <laughs> but my mate saw the selfie, so it was pretty cool. Wasn't on a bad holiday going somewhere? No, no. Uh, plane crash, look. train crash. No, it was, he was in his full prosthetics as right. uh, Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. And, of course, I've been a fan of Tom Hanks since I was, like, this I was like five, right? Yeah. I used to watch him in Bosom Buddies, which was one of his first TV shows. And I've just watched him my whole life. I didn't know that I was going to be meeting him on set. I actually <laughs> didn't know that I was playing the maid until <laughs> I got down there and they were like, oh, no, you're not going to the normal costuming place. We're making your costumes. And I'm like, why? It's like, oh, you're playing the maid. And I'm like, are you? kidding me <laughs> like i wanted i wanted to be in the choir scene i wanted to be part of the choir what's your audition for do you know what part I, so i auditioned for mahalia jackson like five times that's yeah. all that's all and i had to contact mcgregor casting myself to get that audition <laughs> so i had a really shitty agent and they like wouldn't i don't know like they like i was just like i was like how is this movie still like i knew it was coming and I wasn't getting any auditions and i'm like why am i not getting any auditions i'm, I'm black american and i sing Hello, like I should yeah. be getting all the auditions. So I contacted McGregor Casting, and then I started getting oh, auditions yeah. <laughs> for things. And I was like, mm, <laughs> "You're like, bitch, why please am I give my agent." Yeah, <laughs> move agents. Exa yeah. Oh yeah, well they're not my agent anymore. <laughs> no. So yeah, bring us to Australia. How? What was your first big role here, and how did you find it? Oh gosh. Okay. So probably my first big role was on the stage, and I, I played um, Motormouth Mabel in Hairspray. So that was eight years ago. Um, and I've only been here, how long have I been here? 14 and a half years? Yeah, wow. And I, you know, so I played Motormouth Mabel about eight years ago. And that was probably my first big role in front of, you know, like a big audience here in Australia. Um, I've done other roles back in the U.S., but that one was my first big one here. And now I'm playing her again, but for an even bigger audience. Yeah, we'll, uh, cool. <laughs> we'll get to that one for sure. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Performance anxiety on stage. How, oh, yeah. How, um, how has it affected you and, and, and I guess how do you overcome it? Well, now I've been performing since I was very young um, in one method or another. So I started off as a classical singer. Yeah. And I've been singing classically since I was eight. And... My very first solo, I was 10, and I had, like, a full 60-person choir behind me, you know, and I was 10 years old. Wow. And I'm trying, uh, you know, it's so long ago, right? So I'm trying to remember if I felt any anxiety. I know, I remember the older girls in the choir who had also auditioned for this were very mad at me, and they were like, you better not fuck this up. You know, I was like, ah. So I think I was more nervous about <laughs> messing up because of them than... Messing up in front of the congregation yeah. or whoever. Um, I, you know, as a black person, we're always taught that you have to be twice as good, you know. So I, I honestly don't feel there's room for anxiety, at yeah. least from my, you know, growing up in the South and growing up with you know, restrictive parents and in, in such a white society. 
you just couldn't fail. Yeah. So I don't know that I ever allowed time to have anxiety because, or that was my anxiety. Just like I can't fail, I can't fail. I've got to do good. I always have to do well. I, you know, I have to sp- always be on time. I have to speak properly. I have to, you know, always enunciate. I have to do this. You know, I have to make everybody feel comfortable. So, I, in terms of anxiety, that that wasn't a big yeah. problem for me, or or it wasn't ever really on my mind because there were other things that I was focusing on. And I mean, since now, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and I'm like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, if I'm late, I'm late. <laughs> I don't worry. If you know if somebody's uncomfortable, I'm like, that's on you. That's not me. <laughs> like tough shit. I don't. I'm ti- you know I'm tired. I'm yeah. tired. I can't I can't please everyone anymore. And I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people ask for a lot of things and they want a lot of things. And sometimes you just have to say no. I used to be a person that said yes to everything. You know, like I would get up, I'd go to work, I'd be at work at seven in the morning, finish work, I'd go and volunteer and then I'd have to go to rehearsals and then I'd go to another rehearsal and get home at like two in the morning, go to bed and do it all again the next day. Because it's it's conflicting because, you know, you think saying yes means you're being nice and helping out when in reality... They're getting in their head saying, oh, I can take advantage of this person. Yes. And sometimes they do it subconsciously. Sometimes people don't realize that Mm. they're taking, they're just like, oh, well, she always says yes. Let's just use her all the time. Yeah. You know, oh, she'll be fine. She'll be all right. Just throw that. She can handle it. She's good. You know, and and you're just like, I just have to say yes. I have to do it. It's ah. And then after a while, you're like, I can't do this anymore. Fuck it. I'm not going to do it anymore. (laughs) No. Oh, <laughs> you know, I was like, what does that feel like? Shock horror. And people struggle to say no. It's very oh, hard. Yeah. I know? agree. I have no issue saying no. It's the issue I think people have to overcome where they don't want to upset someone by saying no. Yes. That's the big part of it. Yeah. You don't upset your friends by saying no to hanging out. You don't want to say no to your manager because mm-hmm. then, you know, you don't want to be on a manager's bad side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but my dad always said to me, you can't please all the people all the time. You know, and he never actually elaborated on that. He would just say it and walk <laughs> away, and I'm like, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> now I know. Now what you it know. Means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'm okay with that. He I'm knew okay you'd learn it, it, like when yeah. you needed to Eventually, learn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. You have been performing since quite a young age. Um, has it always been something that you've just loved to do and wanted to do, or was there a point where someone has inspired you to? double down and just become a performer? I've always enjoyed it to a point until it, it, at one point it did become a bit overwhelming. I think when I was a teenager and I didn't want to sing anymore. I was tired of singing. I was like, I want to quit. And my parents were like, you can't quit. And I, you know, so they kind of made me continue singing and I hated it. I like, and I don't use the word hate, but I, I physically broke my ankle so I wouldn't have to go to choir practice at one point, you know, like I just, I just didn't want to do it. And my parents are like, nope, you got to keep doing it. I'm an asthmatic. And the pulmonologist that I'd been seeing for years had all these different programs that they had me in. And singing is a great way to build breathing technique and improve your lung capacity. So that's why they put me into singing so young. And so when I got to uni, I was like, I'm free, and I wanted to go as far away as possible. So, you know, I'm from Oklahoma. I went out to Los Angeles to go to uni, and I was like, I'm free of them. I don't have to sing anymore, no more churches, none of that. 
And then, of course, what do you do? You know, late at night when you're hanging out with your friends in the <laughs> you study sing. dorm, karaoke without a guitar, <laughs> and you start singing, and people are like, "Oh, you can sing." <laughs> Let's start doing this. And of course, so I didn't really stop singing, but I wasn't forced to sing. You know, I was doing it of my own free will at this point. Um, and then I just sort of, you know, focused on engineering because I knew that's where I was going and that's what I was going to do. And singing was just kind of like the back hobby. And then once I graduated, and, and I went to Japan, so I studied in Japan for a little bit, and I met these DJs and they were like, oh my God, you can sing. And so I would do like little club performances in Japan. And that was probably my first taste of performing in a club was yeah. doing that, you know. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I like this. But <laughs> no, no, no. Going, going back to America, I'm going to be an engineer. And I remember that first year that I was engineering, there was a, a contest, a singing contest. And like first prize was, you know, a limo ride and dinner for two and and you know, front row tickets to a touring musical. I think oh, it might have been you're going for that. cabaret or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I like called into work and I was like, Yeah, I'm not coming into work today and and they were like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna go win a singing contest. And so I went out to the contest, but I was late and they gave everybody a chance to sing through the song. And I thought we were just picking any song, you know, so I was like, okay. But no, no, no. It was a particular musical theater song, and I didn't know musical theater that well back then. Yeah. But I knew this one song. So I didn't hear everybody else sing their song through their practice yeah. until it was time to do the actual performance. And then I heard everyone, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to win this. <laughs> but then I was like, nope. You got to do it. Just pull out all the stops. Go for it. And I sang the hell out of that song, and I won. Nice. And then all of the different theater companies in town were contacting me and like, hey, uh, have you ever done musical theater? You want to come do a show with us? And that's how I started doing it there in right. California. Yeah. Cool. But, yes, I did quit, for, like, long way back to the answer. I did quit for a little while, <laughs> for yeah. about six months. <laughs> <laughs> It was very short. That's <laughs> twice as long as that engineering contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So the, the next thing I wanted to ask, uh, and uh, our assistant told us about this, Siobhan, of mm. course, uh, was you had to have vocal cord surgery. Ooh, I did, yes. So I suffered from reflux, acid reflux for a while, back in the, I guess, 2010s, like the early 2010s. And it caused an enlarged blood vessel on my vocal fold. Wow. And I, you know, you just, like, if you never get yourself checked out, you think you're okay, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. for whatever reason, I was like, I think I want to go see an ENT. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why, but I just, like, I felt fine. So I decided to go and see this ENT, and we did a scoping. I just wanted to check things out. And he was like, oh, you have an enlarged blood vessel. Let's just hope that doesn't rupture. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Like, <laughs> what's going to happen? He's like, oh, man, it, you'll be fine as long as it doesn't rupture. <laughs> and then, of course, six months later, the bitch ruptured. And I lost my mid-range. So I still had my high range. I still had my low range. But I lost the mid-range because basically it ruptured and all this blood flooded into the vocal. Like, only one of them. So you've got two little vocal folds that are, like, the size of your pinky nail, right? They're very tiny. And they're completely white. And so <laughs> this thing happened. I was at a gig. Luckily, it was like the last three songs. And I was like, ugh, I'm not going to be able to finish this. So the boys finished out the last three songs. And then I went into the doctor that Monday. We yeah. did a scope. We saw 
the enlarged or the the reddened blood vessels and everything. And I was like, ah, what does that mean? He's like, okay, 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 just calm down. Let's wait for the blood to absorb so we can see exactly what happened. So we waited a few days, came back, did another scope, and you just see it's a little teeny tiny tear. It was very small. And he was like, yep, we can go in, just fix that quickly with some surgery, and you'll be fine. Yeah, right. Okay. So went in, did the surgery, and he did it very quickly. So, like, within a week and a half, I had this surgery done because he knew I was a performer. Yeah. And um, he was friends of a friend, and my friend was, like, sent him videos and, like, you need to fix this woman right away. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and um, he went in. He just cauterized that little tiny bit, and I couldn't speak for seven days, like, no noise whatsoever. I did about six weeks of rehab with a vocal coach down in Melbourne. Then I was back to normal. You know you're Australian when you say Melbourne, the way it's yeah, sound, like well. the way it's meant to be said. <laughs> yeah, when you when people are correcting you all the time, you're like, okay, so it's not Melbourne. Yeah. All right, sure, all right. I'll say Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne. Okay, Melbourne. You're a real Aussie now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, I know many people who've been here for years, like 30 plus years, and they still say Melbourne. I'm like, I mean, it sounds kind of cool. Oh, I don't no. mind. I don't sounds kind of posh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I don't posh. know what it sounds like. It's like saying Worcestershire instead yeah, well, of Worcestershire sauce, wait, right? Or how do you actually I say? I don't actually know how to say it. Is it, is it Worcestershire yeah. or something? Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Oh uh, no! Tell us in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but however, it's like saying that. <laughs> Without actually saying it the way you're supposed to say. So, mm. yeah. So, what is your, I guess, your your most favorite accomplishment so far in the creative industry? Oh, God. You know, okay, just recently, this is probably the coolest thing. Um, I did a concert with an opera singer, and we called it Two Divas, Jazz Meets the Opera. And yep. so, I got to sing classically, and I hadn't sung classically in years. So, I got to sing classically as well as sing jazz and then you know and it was it was a bit of a cabaret so we kind of made fun of each other as well as we went along she sang some jazz and people loved it (laughs) and it was you know it was something that we created and we had no idea how it would go but you know people really loved it we've been asked to bring it down to the gold coast in november and um we may be taking it other places and we have some other ideas of what we can do together but it's just it's been an awesome collaboration with, you know, and she's like a world-class opera singer. I mean, like, she's won awards. She's performed everywhere. She's just amazing. And she approached me and was like, I want to do a show with you. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, next guest. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I'm like, nobody. Why do you want to do a show with me? But, but it was awesome. It was, yeah. it was probably one of the coolest things that I've done. As awesome. A mm. So it's pretty vague, but... Uh, What's next for you? What's your, oh, God. your next big goal? Well, next I'm going home. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. No, <laughs> the next thing I'm doing is Hairspray, the Australian musical down in Melbourne. And I'm doing that with Rhonda Birchmore, Todd McKinney, Shane Jacobson, Rob Mills. And then we've got this beautiful young lady named Carmel Rodriguez who is starring as Tracy. And she's the cutest thing. This is probably the the biggest thing that I have ever done in terms of performing. Because I mean, like I've done like the big Hollywood stuff, but I've always been an extra or featured extra. And this, I'm actually starring in like my photos on posters, like all <laughs> over the place. And yeah, it's it's pretty in, 
kids. So is this <laughs> is this different to the hairspray from eight years ago? It is a revival. So it, yep. it's going to be the same hairspray that went on Broadway back in 2002. There are some minor changes with um, lyrics and words, yep. but it's just making them updated because it was a little dated back in the early 2000s. But it's basically a Broadway revival. So it's basically like doing Broadway, but here in Australia. Is it the same producer, director? Uh, technically, yes, but we yeah. have a resident director right, here okay. in Australia. Oh, okay. Well, amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another dark question. Uh-oh. Bring Another it dark on. One. Another dark one. What is your greatest fear? Spiders. Arachnophobic? Yep. Yeah, same. I can't stand 100%. Them. I freeze. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Burn them. Burn them all. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, take a blowtorch. I don't care if we burn the house down. Get rid of it. Scares the shit out of me. You've so come to the wrong country. Well, <laughs> I don't see many. Oh, I, I did see a huntsman once and I nearly fainted. <laughs> and it was a baby. <laughs> it was tiny. And I was like hyperventilating. And, my fr- and it was in my house. And my friend had come over. We were watching movies. And he was like, okay, okay, calm down. Because like, I, I was like walking him out and I just froze on the steps. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay. And I was like, I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, couldn't do anything. And he went and he got a cup. He got a cup and then scooped that thing up and put it outside. And I was like, kill it. <laughs> no, it can come back. But yeah, spiders. That's my biggest fear. My biggest spider. Biggest fear. Uh, the biggest spider I've ever seen was actually at my, I was nine years old. And of course, no one, no one else was home. And I uh, went to under the kitchen sink. I was like, there's got to be more teen, huh? Got to be, no, no more teen. And then this spider starts crawling around. So mm. I hit it twice with a baseball bat. Oh, see? Mm. Didn't kill it. Oh, no. And then I uh, sprayed it with a spray bottle for like a good half an hour. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I drowned it from just spraying it. <laughs> you hit it with a baseball bat and twice. that didn't kill it? Twice, no. That's a hot mess. Yeah, that's oh Australian spiders. Oh, that's, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My my grandparents used to live out in, in Whoop Whoop and one time me and my brother were staying over there and middle of the night I wake up and um, uh, my brother who's in the bed next to me has got a spider about the size of my hand on his <laughs> face. Oh my and God. And he's fast asleep and he's snoring away and the... The next 20 minutes was just trying to get this spider off my brother's face without waking him up. How did yeah, you sleep through yeah, that? Yeah, no. It's, it, they're, they're quite gentle spiders. They, they don't Oh, my don't God. I would have, like, your brother would have died. I would have sprayed him. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I love you. No. <laughs> uh, like, oh, my that was God. The, that was probably the closest, closest call to... Um, On his face. Face. On his face, yeah, straight on his face. Like I've been to Borneo, I've been in river safaris. We went under the hotel at night because it was this big strutted up like mm. river lodge. So we went under it at night, and there's tour guides like, "Yeah, just follow me and you'll stay alive." I'm like, "What do you What do you mean? What do you mean by that?" And then he showed us like 14 of the most venomous spiders in the world as we walked along this path. He goes, nope. "They never, they never crossed the path. Just." Follow me. I know. Cassie, I have walked with lions. Yes. I will not do that. <laughs> no I, yes. way. No. Two things I won't. I probably won't swim with sharks in open water, and I won't s- swim with spiders. No, spiders are <laughs> Spi- You know, there's apparently this new breed of spider that has come to America, and they're flying. 
flying fucking spiders. I shit you not. I'm just going to cancel my trip. <laughs> right? I, they're like in New York City or something right now. And I'm like, of course they are. It's terrible. They're, it's yeah. Flying <laughs> spiders. No. Asabi's like, I'm never going to Broadway. Hell no. Never. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'll have to be like in a full like plastic bubble suit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I need protection. It has to be air conditioned because it's very hot in New York in the summer. So, yeah, no. Yep. Flying spiders. Mm. I have an experience of it. What's it like? Like, because we would have had a few, you know, snowed Christmases. Like, what's that yeah. like? Oh, Is it's it beautiful. Yeah. I think Australia should have snow at Christmas all the time. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes. Let's make it it's happen. It's so nice. <laughs> like, you have the warmth of the fire and you have, like, mulled wine. And it's just, it's amazing. I don't know how you guys do hot Christmas. I, it's yeah. hard. It's sad. I mean, no, I love Australia. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful country. But hot Christmas, no. Yeah. <laughs> and all the, the seafood is good. I do like that. Yeah, the seafood and the ham. That's pretty much all we have. We don't yeah. have Thanksgiving mm-hmm. here. Was that a change for you, not having Thanksgiving? No, because I just celebrate it. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you don't have to do it. I'll do it. I'll just eat the turkey. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. Well, my first, the first year that I was here, so I came here in 2008, and I knew no one, right? I came here by myself, just like, yeah, fine. And by the end of that year, I held a Thanksgiving potluck and I had 40 people. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. That's how <laughs> much of an outreach I do. <laughs> well, like everybody come. Because yeah. we met, um, you met Asabi tonight, but I met Asabi when Harry Potter Wizards Unite came yes, out. For the temporary right. time, it was on mobile. Yes. Uh, and all we did was really rant about how much we hated it, but mm. it was fun at the time. Yeah. Well, we were testing it as because we were testing all the fortress battles yeah. and stuff. Because before that, we were uh, people were just playing it on their own, and so a group of us were like, "Let's test this shit, see if it actually works." And that was fun. We were that was good South fun. Bank for half the day, and yeah, yeah had really food cool. and mm. yeah. I, and then didn't we go up to Samford? Yeah, to the yeah. The, um, the store of requirement. That's the one. Yes, yes the, the Harry Potter store. Harry Potter nerd. I'm a huge <laughs> Harry Potter nerd. Love it. So, we didn't yeah. put any of that in the quiz, unfortunately. Oh, well. <laughs> have you met any of the, the cast of Harry I have, oh. actually. I met the kid who plays Draco Malfoy when I was in Germany. Stop laughing, Siobhan. <laughs> I think she was gasping of excitement. Oh, was that, gasp? okay, that was like a allowed. breathlessness gra- um, gasp. What, what was I doing? I was over there. My sister and I went over to visit some friends for Christmas. And this, oh, God, what year was this? It was before I moved here, so it was early 2000s. So it was a hot Malfoy or ugly Malfoy? I mean, he's Trends. way younger than me, so I don't really rate him. Yeah. Um, what's his name? What's his real name? I have no idea. I can't remember his name either. Sorry. <laughs> we'll have to Sorry, Draco. Amazing, <laughs> amazing actor. We love you. You're, um, you're an amazing Harry Potter person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so and Tom. we're back. So the yes. actor was Tom Felton. So <laughs> I was <laughs> traveling to Germany with my sister <laughs> one Christmas and to visit some friends. And I just happened to know that Tom Felton was doing a meet and greet at a hotel in Köln, Germany. And so I split off with my friends. And this was before we had like proper mobile phones and stuff right. that like worked overseas. And so they were, they kind of freaked out because they were like, you're in a foreign country. What do you, and I was like, ah, I'll be fine. Just, <laughs> I can say a few things in German. It's like English. <laughs> Leave me alone. So I went off to this hotel <clears throat> and me looking as young as I did back then, you know, so I, st- I looked like a teenager. So, and I was like the only black person there. So of course the security <laughs> was like, 
you know, they were picking people to go in to meet him, and they were like, you, you could go in. And then these other, like, teenage girls clamped around me, and they were like, we're with her. And so, so we all went in, and we went and we met Tom Felton. And <laughs> he was so cute. Because I was talking with him, and he was like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from America. And he was like, did you come all the way here to meet me? And I was like, no. <laughs> Don't be silly. Of course not. I didn't come to Germany just to meet you. But, you know. You did. Yeah. No, I didn't. And, and then I was like, but I'm glad to meet you. And so yeah. I had a little teddy bear that he signed. I don't know where that teddy bear oh, is no. now, but um, oh. he did sign it, and it was. Um, did I get a photo? I don't remember if I got a photo, but it was. It was just a random thing. I don't know why he was there in Germany. Just how, how did you find out he was there? I don't remember. I might have. So there is a website called MuggleNet. I'm sure you're familiar with that. I'm actually not. Yeah. Oh, what? I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, but the sh- uh, Siobhan, Siobhan, of course. Knows. Yeah, She'll no. Know. So there's this website. It was started by this 13-year-old kid back in like 2000 or 2001 or, or yeah. 1999, somewhere around there, around the books. And it's still going to this day. Like they have a podcast called MuggleCast and stuff. And so they just stalk actors. Yeah. Well, they're like in with Warner Brothers. Yeah, you right. Know? So like they've done interviews and they've had um, David Yates on their podcast and stuff. So uh, and Ivana Lynch. So they've talked to people in, in, like, whatever conventions that they have. They've been there. And I think they've had their own convention. Anyway, I've never been to those. Um, I think I found out that way. I really don't know because it wasn't, like, social media. Like, we didn't have social media back then. We didn't even have, what's that thing called, Facebook? We didn't have that <laughs> MySpace. <back> <laughs> there was my, I think MySpace was around then, yep. Yeah. Wow. But we didn't have um, Facebook or any, like, Twitter any of that stuff. So I don't actually remember how I found out. I think yeah. I honestly think it was from MuggleNet. I don't think I don't think I could meet Draco. I don't know. He's really cool. He's yeah. actually really nice, and he was really. I don't know how old he is, but well, he's young. But when you spend seven movies being taught to hate someone, mm. like mm. I would just, I don't know. I hate him now. But he's not real. <laughs> yeah, he's not real. But I, I hate that's, him. That's the takeaway from yeah. this: that he's not real. <laughs> Draco Malfoy is not real. He can't hurt you. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Tom Felton is just a person. Yeah. And there were so many girls. Like, I think girls love bad boys because there were so many girls and maybe five guys. I don't know. But there were so many girls there that were just like, ah, Tom Felton. And I was one of them. But I wasn't like that. I I had no romantic anything. I was just like, oh, my God, because I loved Harry Potter. So Yeah. So what movie was out when you saw him, which that would have been? Oh, the third one, the fourth one. Maybe the third one. Yeah, maybe. So he was still yeah. quite young then. Yeah, hey. he was, they, he was yeah, young. wow. He might have been seventeen. Oh, okay, so not yeah. that young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, no. Maybe not. I don't like know. Fif- I have no idea. Fif- 16. Maybe fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't remember. I, it might have been two thousand four. Yeah, right. When we went, so the movie, the first movie came out in two thousand or two thousand and one, sometime around there. Two thousand and four. I think we have a trivia question on that year. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> remember, I'm old. I don't remember everything. <laughs> Tough. It's really hard. I guess COVID, general COVID question. What? Because okay. COVID stopped a lot of performers yes. and their tracks. How, how did you cope with? Oh my God, guys. Okay. So I went and I got a job working as a traffic controller. Traffic? They pay good though. Like, they pay all Is right. that like the lollipops? Yeah. Like the start, slow, yep. stop? Mm-hmm. 
but working for construction. So I didn't do it for schools. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. probably would have been easier because you <laughs> were just out in the morning and then out in the afternoon. But no, I would do like eight to ten hour shifts, moving heavy machinery and that sort of thing. And yeah. Oh, my God. And I, I enjoyed it for a little while because, you know, you got to play with a walkie-talkie. <laughs> that was the coolest part about it. That would have been like, like shut up, Asami. Shut up. Like, someone said that I was, like, one of the most enthusiastic traffic oh, controllers yep. I'd ever worked with. <laughs> but I did enjoy that. I, I yeah. enjoyed doing that. And I, I quit. I didn't tell them I quit, but I just stopped doing it. Um, because people would get killed. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, you know, people would run... The stop sign. And I'd had, I once had somebody run my stop sign. I think I've only had it twice in the yeah. year that I did it. And, um, but, you know, people would get killed because of these course. cars just, they Can't either stop. don't want to stop or they, you know, I had someone once when I was working a job. There was a long line of cars because we had them stopped for whatever reason. And another group of cars were coming through and it's only one lane, right? And some idiot decided that he was like, fuck this, I don't want to wait for this. And he just pulled out, <laughs> and there are all these cars coming. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I had to stop everything <laughs> and, like, push him over to the side and let all of these other cars go through. And I was like, the fuck is wrong with you? But we're not allowed to, like, talk to them like that. And I wanted to. Of course, I was like, yeah. Idiot, you know, like, do you want to die? Because I'm not going to die. I'll leave first and let you have that collision, you know. I had a woman almost run my stop sign once, and I, you know, I got her to stop, and she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't paying attention. My son's having an asthma attack. And I was like, do you want your son to have a mother? <laughs> oh. Oh. And she just looked at me, and I was like, because that's why we do this. There are cars coming this way, and they could hit you head on, and you could die. And she was like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And I was like, I know, just... You put, on, you, you put on your, your sassy voice. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's true, though. Like, yeah. people don't realize. Like, we drive these weapons of mass destruction every <laughs> single day. People drive them into crowds, you know, to kill people. Oh, yeah. So, yep. you know, I'm like, if you have a head-on collision, you could be gone. So, yeah. So, I, I was – I never got in trouble for saying that sort of stuff to people. But, you know, that's – I like I think a traffic controller was killed up in far north Queensland and I just kind of went I just don't want to do this anymore. and I've seen people run through things and just you know I'm not going to stop fuck this you know and they get mad and they just run through it and I'm like we're doing this for your safety yeah. as well like, like come on it's a reason uh, that it says stop and slow. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. It never no. says fast. Yeah. No, that's right. Or just, just go on, just go. Like, yeah, I've got it on stop, but you can go. Go ahead. I don't care. So most people were really polite, and the people I worked with were really polite, and all the construction guys, they were great. Yeah. And, you know, and it was kind of like I'd never worked a minimum wage job before. <laughs> so it was, it was new for me. Like, I was like, this is kind of cool, you know, and, and – you know, jobs would come in and I could say yes or no. And it sort of introduced me to the, the tradie culture. So there's a lot of fear yeah. in the tradie culture as well. You know, people were afraid to say no. Some people would just take job after job after job. I remember working with one guy and he was like, I have not had a day off in 20 days. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, if I say no, then I'm afraid they'll stop giving me work. And mm. I was like, really? Yeah. But what like that's not good for your health because you're standing. You're standing for like eight to ten hours. That's just not good for you. You know, I don't care how comfy your shoes are. It's still not good for you. 
And I'm like, nope. I like I told them after they worked me, they wanted to work me seven days in a row, and I was like, you cannot do that. I have like five days is fine, but no, no to six or seven, that's not going to happen. And they yeah. were like, okay. And they didn't like I didn't get fired. Nothing happened. As a matter of fact, like I said, I just kind of stopped going. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's I'm like, I don't know. And then, and then they just stopped contacting me. So I'm like, oh, I guess Because it was like a mutual. casual job, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. casual. Yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I guess that's a mutual understanding <laughs> that, you know, I'm no longer going there. You're no longer working. <laughs> ah, okay, I guess it's fine. I'm, I'm happy with that. So it's cool. But, I mean, they were, you know, I would tell them sometimes, like, oh, look, I've got to be on set. And they're like, oh, what are you working on? So it was a really good company. Like, I would recommend that company to anybody if yeah. they were doing traffic control. It's a great company. I was bad for not telling them, like, look, I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I probably should have, but oh well. They might contact <laughs> you down the track for a shift. They might, yeah. You might still be on their books. They might just be like, hey, uh, are you available to do a shift tomorrow? Can you <laughs> like, come I'm back in for Melbourne. three months? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> come hold the pole for three months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, do I even still have the pole? I don't even know where it is, actually. <laughs> it's so bad. Actually, I don't know where it is. <laughs> You didn't return it? No, no, it was mine. It was mine. Yeah, oh, you have to pay for your own stuff. Like you stuff. do have to what? pay for your own stuff. No. Not every company is like that, but this yeah. company. Well, they would give you the uniform. The uniform yeah. you didn't have to pay for. But, but you had to pay for the stop pole. Yeah, well, but no. Your, mine was gifted to oh, me right. by a controller that I worked with. It was with like a hand-me-down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was I have really handed up my last stop. Now mm-hmm. you can have it. Yep, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> so, so if you still had that, you could just walk out onto the street one day and... <laughs> Decide to ruin I everyone's day. I am a licensed traffic controller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could you imagine? I should try that. Just actually, I don't think I have my uniforms anymore. I think I donated them <laughs> back to somewhere. But I should just like put it on and just go out in the street and be like, and see if anybody stops. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I could get fined for that. As yeah. Well. <laughs> but that would be a fun thing to do. I might try that. <laughs> now we got two two things left, of course. Okay. Two things left. The first one is our little quiz for you that Ben's going to help you with. Okay. Yay. And, uh, Do I get a prize if I get it right? Uh, yeah, you get another shot of whiskey. Yay! <laughs> so I've got one other question um, before we, we talk about MEAA. Uh, and that is, what is your dream gig or job? Oh, that's such a hard question because it changes all the time. I think my dream job would be to be either in a Star Trek series, like not a movie because movies are short. So I want to be in a series like, you know, that goes on for like 20 years or to work on a series that is run by Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes, yeah? Yes. Do you know Shonda Rhimes? Do you know who she is? I, I don't. I, don't. I thought you said Sean, so I was already thinking the wrong gender you there. guys, like, who are you? <laughs> no, Shonda Rhimes. Whom? Oh my God, she is the woman behind Shondaland who started Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, right. And Private Practice and How to Get Away with Murder. Bridgerton. Okay. Like, that is her. She's a powerful black woman in Hollywood. She went to my uni. Thank you very much. Shout out to Shonda. Hire me. <laughs> I want to work with her. That's like... So that, was, that fills our other question, who's your biggest inspiration by the sounds of it? Oh. Oh, God. no. I don't... That's a tough one. Um, who am I inspired? There's so many people to mm. be inspired by. Like, my parents are a huge inspiration to me. Um, I don't... 
don't know that Shonda's a huge inspiration as much as I just admire her. Yeah. But an inspiration, oh, who inspires me? I would say my parents probably. Yeah, that's a good answer. My biggest yeah. inspiration. Good answer. MIA <laughs> stands for the Media, Entertainment, and Arts Alliance. It is the union for actors, journalists, crew, dancers. We have ballet dancers um, and musicians. Okay. Right here in Australia. And I am the president of the Queensland branch. Right. Don't ask me how that happened. It just happened. Recently, I was voted in, so that's how that happened. <laughs> but I initially inherited the role when we had someone high up step down, and then someone from Queensland stepped into that role, which meant another person from Queensland stepped into that role, and then I stepped into the presidency, and, and so forth and so on. And then, so I was kind of, it was almost like an interim president. Yeah. And then we went through, so every, I think, three years we have to vote. So it's proper voting, like, through whoever the voting service is in Australia, whatever, you know, like, when you do federal elections or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. the election can, I don't know what it's called, committee, whatever. And so then I got voted in to be president for another term. So I'm now the Queensland branch, the official Queensland branch president of equity, the equity section, which represents all of the actors and musicians. Well, no, musicians is separate, but they sort of fall under our banner. So I represent all the actors here in Queensland. And I fight for them as a union person. I, you know, I bring things to light. I support people when they have questions. I guide them where to go, make sure contracts are safe, or we have people that review contracts for them, but I can give them basic information about contracts and that sort of thing. So, so if there's an issue on set or something like that pay-wise, mm-hmm. you're in charge of all that? They can, well, they can come to us and I can point them in the right direction, but I can usually give guidance when it's needed. And then, of course, I bring like people can bring issues to me and then I can bring it to the board and we can take it up. Um, we've worked on diversity and inclusion issues with certain like large-scale musical productions and things like that. And, um, of course, it all, it's all confidential, so I can't say yeah, of what course. productions. But, you know, we get asked to, and I specifically, get asked to review certain casting calls and what have you to make sure that, you know, they're, co- like they're diverse and they're including people and language is appropriate a lot of like there's language that I don't even know, you know, yeah. and so we're we're all still learning a lot of things and helping people through things. But the the main thing is that we want all of our actors to be safe, all of our performers to be safe. We want them to be heard, and that's what I do as a Mia member. How do you? Where's your time? Like, how do you have time what for? What is time? Yeah. Is how do you have thing? time for all this? <laughs> I mean, I don't have a family and I'm single. <laughs> That's where all my time is. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very passionate about people and being an advocate for people. I've okay. always been yeah. that way. So any, and, and even as an engineer, you know, I was on different, soci- I sat on the board of different societies. I was a regional coordinator for um, the South Pacific when I sat on the International Desalination Association board. So, you know, I'm all about learning and I'm all about protecting people and making sure that people are comfortable and and getting the things that they need. Cool. So, hmm. All right. Time for our little pop quiz, our IMDb backdrop quiz. Uh Uh-oh. 
What does that stand for? Really? Internet Movie Database? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. All all of the acronyms. Yes. (laughs) So this is going to be based around, because of course it's just the IMDb questions, so uh, your extra work, your short films. Oh my God. So this is going to bring back some memories. Ooh. This is is not at all... We keep losing our words now. (laughs) Not prepared for this. Well, look, if it's about me, I can't imagine that anything I say would be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find out. out. I hear that. I think Siobhan says that a lot as well. (laughs) Let's go back to the very beginning. Oh, no. I don't even know what that could be. (laughs) Yes. Um, In 2013... You were a performer in which short film? Oh, my God. 2013? Blackwater. No. <laughs> no? I was going to say Blackwater. I definitely know it wasn't that. Uh, Killer Smile? No? No. Oh, my God. I don't even know. Wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me yet. 2013, a short film. Oh, Oh, colorful and impossible. Not what it says. Oh, no. Oh, God. I don't know. What did I do in 2013? You, you got the first uh, the first answer. Your first word was close. Oh. Um, it's got something to do with killing. Oh, killing Hannah Bentley. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, yes. That was, that was <laughs> actually my very first short, like very first film out of drama school. I remember wow. that. Yeah. And I got to play a lesbian police officer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it said police officer in there. Yeah, it didn't add yeah. the lesbian part. Oh, well, because, <laughs> yeah, she was married to the title character. Oh, right. And I remember getting dressed up and we went out onto the beach to do this photo shoot of, like, our wedding photos. And that was just the most fun day because, like, you know, I work as an intimacy coordinator now, and thinking back on it, yeah, we probably should have, like, but we discussed what we were going to do. Yeah. But, you know, that would have been a great thing to have an intimacy <laughs> coordinator be like, okay, so you're going to be touching each other, you're going to be like, she's going to be jumping into your arms, wrapping her legs around you, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we just had, and we got to work with a baby and do a photo shoot with a baby, because, like, we, you know, lesbian couple, of course, you have a baby. <laughs> like, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> it was really good. And I think I have, there's a shot from that film where you see, like, our wedding photos and the baby's first birthday photo and all that stuff. And I think that's my cover photo on my Facebook page. Wow. On my Facebook performer page. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I have not changed it. (laughs) I'm just lazy. (laughs) All right. Next question. Uh, Next question. Uh, You played another police officer or police woman. (laughs) Um, in a 2020 aye, aye. production. Yep, Wrathful Soul. I know that one. Wrathful Soul? Yep. Tell yep. us about that. That was probably the first film. Like, I, I actually had a part in that film that I didn't get to do because they didn't have the proper costume for me. But that would have been the first film where I was paid a decent amount to actually say stuff. Yeah, right. Which was really cool. It would have been my first speaking. And then I, I just basically got to improv on set because, you know, they were like, oh, we don't have the right costume. Ah, we're going to make you into a policewoman then and just make stuff up. <laughs> like, okay. And you were like, a lesbian policewoman? Ha, 
<laughs> I, and I, I've actually never seen that film. What? <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, which is, why have I not seen it? I think I was invited to the premiere and I had a performance that night. Right, so okay. So I couldn't And you just go. never, never went. But I've never seen it. And I think it was, there was, there was some delay with COVID as well. Yeah. So I don't... Like I know it's won a lot of awards around the world. Like it's it's done its little circuit run and it's won. Oh, hi, cat. Our cats are uh, scratching um, away. But I would love to see it because it's a horror film and it's a it's an Australian Indian horror film. Right. And um, yeah, I I was really excited to be a part of it. I didn't even have to audition for that. They just were like, "We saw your show reel and we saw your photo. And we want you in the film." I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> and they paid me. I got paid for it, so it was good. Good day's work. It's rare, right? Like, yeah, to for, get well, paid. It's an independent like, film. Yeah. You know, so I didn't think like, I would, but they were like, no, no, no. You tell us what you want. And I was like, uh, me a minimum rate. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gone higher, but I mean, I just, I just did me a minimum rate. You didn't want to lose out, I guess, yeah. on the position. Well, I'm, I'm, an, I'm too nice. That, you know, people are like, you need to charge more. And I'm like, oh, I, uh, yeah. Like I'm learning. Because even now, <laughs> we, we did a recent show. Uh, like, we just ran our uh, Murder on the Knots at Orient Express. Yes, so that's right. A friend of mine was in that. Yeah. A few friends, actually. And we found out um, that, you know, any other show of that caliber just in your show, they wouldn't pay their actors. Mm-hmm. And whereas we've, we're paying all the actors, and, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, I think Siobhan and I are far too nice. Uh, when we ask people to, to work, we... We pay them for it, yes. which I think should be an all-round thing. It, that's how it should be. But there are too many instances of, especially actors, because there's so many of us, people just assume that we will work for Experience. exposure. Experience, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, exposure kills. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me. Don't ask me to do anything for free. Like I, there now, there are some things that I like. If it's a close friend, and they're like, "Oh, we just want you to, you know, come in and read a few lines, whatever," mm. I'll do that. But usually, I don't work for free. You shouldn't. No. Not you definitely shouldn't. No, not in that industry. I mean, as an engineer, I'd never work for free. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I charge you double, and that's mates' rates. <laughs> All right, last question. What do you got? Last question. Um, let's see what we've got here. I'm not sure if this question would even be accurate. Accurate? Um, Blackwater. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimate answer, Blackwater. Blackwater's the answer to everything. Because it's twice on there. That's why I remember it. I don't know why that is. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Anyway. Um, So if this is wrong, then it's IMDB's fault, not mine. Uh Um, (laughs) Uh-oh. But how many maids... (laughs) <laughs> have you been credited with oh playing? Oh, God. Um, credited being the key word oh. there. Or credited or uncredited. How okay. many maids? Okay, how many maids? Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. There was Elvis. <laughs> there was Pirates. God, what else did I play the maid in? Um, that's all I can think of at the moment. I'm sure there are others. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my go-to role. Locking in two. Are we, are we locking in two? Are we locking in two? I think so. 
That is correct. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Woo, yeah, it all wasn't right. A, it wasn't a trick question. All right. And there's oh, two police good. officers as well, right? Yeah, two yeah, police, two police, two police officers. officers, two, two mates, and one looter. One looter. One looter. Yeah. Yep. That's that's all. The rest of them have just got your character name. They don't actually say what, what you I are. Am, yeah. yeah. A, a female boss. Oh, a female. Oh yeah, oh. that's a recent one where I had to play a boss. I, I think the favorite line of that was, "Are you drunk?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think you make it like because <laughs> they do have they have uh, a lot of big movies. They have those sassy African American mm-hmm. bosses with the mm-hmm. yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was told I actually did an experiment once. So when I was in drama school, they were talking to us about castable type, right? Like when people look at you, what do they think you would do for a living? So me being me, I was out with my mates one night after work having drinks. And, of course, I was in jeans and a hoodie because I worked as an engineer. That's what we dress like. And so I just went around to random people in this pub, and I was like, look at me. And I'm like, okay, what do you think I do for a living? And I got everything from a nurse to a lawyer. And I was like, really? You think I have a lawyer dressed like this? To, so I think one person, somebody said a performer, so I did get a few performers. Um, someone guessed an engineer, and I was like, do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was, I could play anything. And so I went back to my drama school because, you know, they were like, most likely you'll only be cast as, like, one or two things because that's what the majority of the public will see. And I was like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Because I went around and I asked 30 people, and this is what I got. And I gave them the distribution, and they were like, oh, okay. And I was like. So you need to start changing what you yeah. teach people. <laughs> you need to stop, like, what is it, stereotyping? Yeah, yeah exactly. got to stop, stop that. stereotyping. I could be anything. I mean, people right. were like, somebody was like, are you a judge? You sound like you could be a judge. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, okay. That's, <laughs> oh, that's a good thing, right? Maybe. Well, it's, I, I, I guess it's because, you know, it's like a predominantly really firm voice, like yes. really strong. Mm. Yeah, so I can see that. I can see a judge. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed a judge. Um, sassy boss, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can we I just f- get a mm-hmm for the soundboard, <laughs> please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, now that we have our lovely Asabi here with a, her special instrument here, you're going to audition for our upcoming musical, Whom? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. What should I play then? Um. you 
It's a wowie. That's that's amazing. Thank you. My mom loves it. <laughs> Were you back the next year, like you no. promised? <laughs> no, I it during COVID, so you're right. I've been home since 2019. Oh my yeah, gosh. So I hope to. Well, when I finish this show. I hope to go back and see them, but they're coming out to see the show. Perfect. They're going to come and see it in Melbourne, so I'm very excited about that. All right, well, thank you so much for that song. That was incredible. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, it was incredible. Well, Ben's, Ben's tearing up a bit. Look at him. Someone get him a tissue. It's, it's <laughs> a song that's really, like, you know, because there's a lot of us over here that are expats. You know, we're here without family, and, you know, we have to deal with the time change because Australia is very fucking far away. And it's like a 17-hour time difference, yeah, 15 to 17 hours. So, you know, I have to deal with my mom, like, sending me messages, you know, at 2 in the morning. Are you awake? Can we call you right now? You know, and I'm like, oh, mom, stop <laughs> it. Or just being an older adult, you know, you're you're always a baby to your parent, yeah. you know, and so you know, they're trying to give you advice about things, and you're like, Mom, I'm 46, stop <laughs> it, I'm okay, I'm not a baby anymore, so, yeah, so it's kind of, you know, it's, it's about like all the annoying things that your parent might do to you, but you still love them, you know, so... Now, of course, the biggest thing that you've got coming up is hairspray, Yay! which is you leave in what three, four days, five yeah, days. I leave. I leave in a, a week, actually, a week from today. A week from today. A week from today. Yeah. And you've slowly getting everything in order. Your cats organized. Cats organized. My <laughs> like suitcases. I've got like three suitcases plus a carry on. <laughs> That's all organized. Um, my car has been put away. Yep. taking it with me. It was like $30 a day for parking. And I was wow. like, get that. I'm no, thank you. That. Um, yeah, I'm trying to say goodbye to everybody. I've got one last product performance coming up at the Bearded Lady. This will air way after that. So I've got one last performance <laughs> on the 26th of June. So I'm hoping that everybody comes out for that. To see that it's just a rip-roaring good time. Jazz and blues and some funk and soul and some really amazing musicians and we get everybody up to play or sing or do whatever they want. Like it's it's just a party, and I've been doing that yeah. gig for five years now, um, save for 2020. We didn't perform at all. Well, we performed March of 2020, and then we didn't perform again until January 2021. Yeah. But um, so that's a monthly gig that I've had for a long time since 2017. Um, five years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a, they love us. <laughs> 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 we ha we have a bit of a following. It just, it's always so you know coming. Like, being me, I always think it's funny when people are like, oh, my God, I'm such a fan. And I'm like, really? That's just, it just makes me laugh because I've, I've never pictured myself that way. I've always just pictured myself as just, like, this normal geeky yeah. person. Like, I, nobody cares what I do. Nobody listens. Nobody likes me. Whatever. And then, you know, you have people that are like, oh, my God, I love you so much. And I, you're inspiring. And I'm like, oh. So it's very humbling. It's very, you know, yeah. when you meet people like that, you know, they're like, oh, I've been following you. And I'm like, really? I love you so much. You love me. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I don't want, like, I mean, of course, it's, it's awesome to yeah. have, you know, this sort of attention and everything. But I obviously don't want it 
to change. Like, I don't want to become that person that's like, oh, I'm just going to hop in my yeah. Bentley and just, you know, <laughs> get driven to the airport and fly away to my island. Oh. Yeah, I don't ever want to be... You're going to be the person that's be like, extras, don't talk to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I will never <laughs> be that person because I know I know what it's like to be an extra and sometimes yeah. it's shitty, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I, I would never... I, I would always, I would definitely be that person that's just kind to everyone. And I think, and I've always been that way. And I think that's how everybody should be. You know, it's everybody inspirational deserves message. kindness and respect. And, and I think life is much easier when you live it that way. Mm. So hairspray in Melbourne, anyway. Hairspray in Got Melbourne. a bit off track. Yeah. Hairspray in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> When's that start? It start. We open on the 15th of August and we run August. through the 30th of October. So get your tickets. Tickets are on sale. I've got a Melbourne. whole yeah. row of people coming on opening night, so I'm wow. very excited. Yeah, a bunch of my friends and people they know, and I don't know, because they were like, you need a cheering section. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've got a cheering section <laughs> so on wh- opening night. Whereabouts really cool. in Melbourne is it? It's at the Regent Theatre. So it's, oh, this is a big theatre. Yeah, it's big. As a matter of fact, I went and saw Cinderella's opening night there, because now I get invited to stuff, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> Um, so I went, and that's not a diva thing at all. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, like, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I get invited to opening nights now, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's crazy. And so I went to opening night of Cinderella, and my mate and I, like, we, you know, we did the red carpet thing, and we took our photos and stuff, and then we went in to get drinks, and as we are getting drinks, she taps me on the shoulder, and she's like, is that you? And we turn around, there's this giant poster hanging <laughs> over the balcony, <laughs> hairspray coming in august and i was like oh my god yeah that's me <laughs> and it was just it was just crazy to see that you know and i was like oh my it's happening it's it's real it's when you know like yeah you've made it like yeah yeah, yeah. and it, of course um, it's paid of course of course yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> has to be experience i mean region theater is expensive <laughs> that's but a lot of exposure yeah exactly it's like oh you you'll be fine you're just you're getting some exposure we're gonna put you on buses and stuff yeah. you'll be right you've got to pay yeah. for the buses yeah. but we'll put no, you on no, no, no. yeah you have to pay to be in our program, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's actually really, the company has been amazing to work with so far. Like, they've been great. The actors that I've met so far have been amazing. Everyone is just really excited to do the show. And I think coming out of COVID, you know, like we, where we were shut down for a year and a half, pretty much, everyone's just excited to be up and doing things and performing and showcasing their talents. You know, and for a lot of people, this is the first time they've ever done anything like this. You know, so it's it's just it's just amazing. Like, there's a lot of love, and we haven't even met each other, but there's already a lot of love out there with this cast. That's good. That's yeah. what you want. You mm. want good vibes, mm. and yeah, exactly. if everyone gets along. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's a difficult subject matter. I mean, it deals with segregation and actively desegregating in the '60s. You know, 1963, '64. Yep. So it is, a, it is a heavy topic, you know, especially for a lot of people who, you know, the, they just would never have gone through anything like this because it, it is, it's set in America. So it's a kind of a, it's a special brand of racism and segregation, you know, that hasn't really been experienced elsewhere in the world. So it's, you know, we've got a number of Americans who will be part of the cast. We have um, a consultant coming in to sort of, talk people through the era and how things were because th- there might be some people that feel that you know it might affect them in an emotional way to even though it's acting it can be so stressful to have to go through that even though it is it's not real yeah you know yeah. so there'll be some people that have never experienced that level <coughs> of of, deseg- of segregation and difference before 
You know, so it, it's it, it's a great show, though. It's yeah. such a good show, and I encourage everyone to get tickets. Come to Melbourne and see it. You can't get tickets for opening night anymore, I don't think. But Sold out already. <laughs> I think it it's is. Wow. <laughs> I think it is. But come and see it. It's Hairs. I don't know the website. <laughs> <laughs> Just look right, up you'll, put it on, you'll put it on the notes. Yeah, look up Hairspray Australia. It's there. You'll see it. Look for the buses. Look yeah, for the buses. Look Asabi's for me. face look on the website. Me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> look for me in the cast. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm very excited to do it. Last question. Yes. Tell everyone whom you are. Whom I am. Whom you are. My name is Asabi. <laughs> <laughs> I am an actor, a singer, an intimacy coordinator, a teacher, a coach, a lover, a fighter. <laughs> a qualified stop sign. Yes, I, yep, I'm licensed to hold a stop slow sign and I can play ukulele like no one's <laughs> business. Yep. Um, I'm a humanist. I love all people. I love life. And I don't suffer from bipolarism. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing, but, you know, most people would think somebody sounding like this probably suffers from that, but no. Well, I mean, everyone has mental illnesses these days. We I mean, do. We never used to, but now everyone has something. You know what I think it is? I think it's not that we didn't have it. It's that we didn't talk about it. The studies weren't done. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm, there weren't so many. That's people. a different podcast. Because oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were some studies and there were some remedies <laughs> that uh, might curl your hair. <laughs> yeah. so, mm. Do you mind singing us out? Listen to whom on the podcast. They're the best podcast that you'll ever hear. Whom. Yay. Whom are you? Whom, 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 whom? Oh, I'm not going to try that. Mine was original. <laughs> Thanks for listening in. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram at Whom Podcast for highlights and more. See you all next week with another amazing guest.